0: All of these media platforms and retailers, it's just going to start collapsing. You're going to be able to buy stuff everywhere. And that's probably my biggest prediction. I mean, we're seeing it with social commerce where you can buy on social media. You're listening to the Meta Business Innovation and Technology Podcast. Conversations with industry leaders on new trends and products that can grow your business. Today, host Issa Jamil sits down with Wes Saraceni, Senior Director of Digital Commerce Marketing at Mondelez International. Together, they discuss why manufacturers should start to think like realtors and the meta solutions that can be used to generate both sales and brand equity for direct-to-consumer businesses.
1: Hey, this is Issa with Meta. I'm here with Wes from Mondelez. Hey, Wes, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing well. Nice to be here with you.
1: Awesome. Well, thanks for being on. I know that there's going to be a lot of fun stuff to talk about today. Really quickly, I just want to give folks a quick intro on who I am. It's the first time I've been on the podcast hosting. And just for context, I'm a partner engineer here at Meta. I generally work with partners on a variety of API integrations, helping them kind of understand our services and working with hardware integrations that they use. That's my quick intro. Let's kick it off to you, Wes. I'd love to know more about who you are, what you do at Mondelez, just give us a background if you can.
0: I'm Wes. I've been at Mondelēz for 10 years now. I've been on quite a journey here. I started as a, as a brand manager on some amazing brands like Ritz, Trisket, Sour Patch Kids. But now it's been a few years. I've been leading marketing for digital commerce, which used to be e-commerce. And it's been quite the journey over the past few years, as you can imagine. So I'm really excited to be
1: here with you today and chat about it. So I think that's super cool you've got to work on. It sounds like a bunch of awesome snacks. So I'd love to know, like, how did you get into this kind of how the role progress, and how are you using meta and Facebook to basically take advantage of, how are you using them for advertising? What's going on with that? So
0: let's see, like, how did I get into this? I kind of, I asked for it, to be honest. I asked for it at a time when it was small and people were like, what are you doing getting into the digital commerce space? And it was kind of scary because
1: it was so small and it was so new. I do have a question I want to go ahead and kick off with. How is Modely's thinking about the role of its direct-to-consumer and e-commerce businesses within their larger ecosystem? We think about
0: direct-to-consumer and our digital commerce space slightly differently. Digital commerce or e-commerce is really the evolution of our relationship with our retailers and our shoppers. like our traditional retailers, right? So we believe that By 2030, about 20% of sales, they're going to be digitally influenced. And that's really looking at, you can imagine who our top retailers are all becoming these online retail powerhouses, right? So it's really going to transform the way people shop every day. And then there's D2C, direct-to-consumer, which is where we're really focused on creating really amazing branded commerce experiences, right? It's much smaller but it's also much more unique, it's much more personal, it's much more fun, right? And that's what we're trying to create there. And we're learning a ton from it. We see it as actually like a laboratory for the brands to really learn a little bit of what it's like to be a retailer and to create these commerce environments. So it's really important for us too in our development as marketers. I guess I'm curious, what makes it a learning laboratory? Traditionally, as a manufacturer, we don't see all of the consumer data. Like we lose visibility when someone goes to a retailer, they check out. Like we just don't see that information. On D2C, we do. So we can follow people from when they first saw our ad to when they clicked on the email, what they clicked on, the page that they went to, and then what they're purchasing. This may not sound like rocket science, but for us... This is really like the first time we've really been able to see all of that. And so for us, like that's the learning, right? We can actually see everything, which is really exciting for us. Direct-to-consumer, on the other hand, is like its own beast. It's like where our brands are actually building these commerce experiences. And it's a little bit different because we control the entire experience versus working with a retail partner. So we're just much closer to the shopper, all the data that comes with it. So for us, it's actually like a little bit of a laboratory D2C, which makes it really special.
1: I'm gonna dig in there. I guess I'm I'm gonna be a little naive here. Can you explain how does that allow you guys to be closer to me? What is it that lets you guys get closer there? And can you give me like an example? I know you guys are working on some stuff like with Oreo and Sour Patch, I mean, I would love some examples there just to get a better feel.
0: Yeah, so right now our G2C businesses are focused on Oreo.com where you can customize your Oreo cookie and then SourPatchKids.com where you can create your own mix. What's really amazing about these businesses is that we can follow the consumer from the moment that they see an ad or learn about this to the moment they check out. That's really unusual. We really don't get to see the full journey as a manufacturer until now. So, we're really able to follow these people, understand what they're buying, why, where they're coming from. And it's just, it's really powerful. We're just getting so close to the consumer. We've thought over the past few years that we really knew our consumer and our shopper, but I don't know that that's really been the case until now. Like
1: we're really seeing it firsthand. Okay. So, I need this again. I'm going to back this up just slightly. So, you mentioned I can customize my Oreos and I can go ahead and order like that. I'm curious. From there, can we dig in? I mean, I love the idea, but can we dig into like that benefit? Well, how's that going to benefit you guys overall? And I'm curious, like how does that relate to some of the work that you're using metaphor? Like how does that help you and how does Facebook help you guys with this? Yeah, I
0: think the reason we're doing this is to create a world of Oreo and a world of Sour Patch Kids where people can really engage with the brand unlike any other brand, really. This is what I think makes a brand iconic. They can make the product their own. They can put their family's photo on a cookie and give it as a gift. It's really, it's special. This is not something that you're going to do with an Oreo pack off the shelf, but you can do it on Oreo.com. So it's really this like new incremental occasion that brings Oreo in to more personal occasions in people's lives. So from that perspective, I think it's in Incredibly important for the brand and consumers absolutely love it.
1: Yeah, so that is super cool. I love the ideas and I love how you guys are looking to use this. How's the website being used in this case?
0: Well, we use a website, obviously, to deliver these incredibly personalized products, but also the websites are a hub for all of the brand activity, which is really important. It really is a great blend of equity and commerce. And a great example is how we're using the website to launch limited editions. So we've done it with the Most Oreo, where we had an Oreo that was stuck with itself, which if you can imagine the most delicious thing in the world. Oreo Inception,
1: that's what I'm going to say.
0: You know what? That's what we should have called it, to be honest. So we had Oreo Inception launch, or The Most Oreo, and it launched with an amazing like Oreoverse campaign. It had augmented reality ads, which were done with Meta, Reels, Horizon World. So all of this stuff was attached to it. So it really allowed us to play with a whole suite of tools but then also we just launched oreo super mario on the website and we use the website as a way to launch it before it was available in market and these are the types of things that you can do to drive buzz and make everything really exciting right so we're really excited to use the website in a whole host of different ways
1: awesome okay so i'm gonna actually dig in a little bit more here and i'm gonna ask what do you feel like knowing all of this information is the biggest challenge facing marketers today. And I guess from your standpoint, knowing all this and all the super cool work that you guys are doing, on that same line of thought, what keeps you up at night when you think about those big challenges facing marketers?
0: So one of the biggest challenges we have today, I think it's we're a little bit of a victim of our own size and organization in a way where we have brand marketers that are really focused on driving awareness of their brands. And then we have... Digital commerce teams and shopper marketer teams and sales teams that are really focused on driving conversion with retailers. And we sit in different places, right? The challenge is bringing it all together. We kind of have like this dumbbell almost approach to media now that's really heavy on both sides of the funnel. And it's up to us to break down those silos and make sure that a brand marketer is really thinking about everything from awareness all the way to conversion. And that's not easy at an organization like ours to really bring it all together. It's something that we're really thinking about a lot right now because that performance conversion retail media side of the business has grown so much.
1: I know it's a big challenge for marketers. You could have that example of the dumbbell and the conversion of data is probably something you guys are working on. I'm curious, is there something you guys are working on which allows you to really take that data and use it? We actually do have a lot of
0: data that we've collected over the years. Questionable as to the quality of that, right? Like we've been collecting it over the years, maybe without the intention that we probably needed to. And so now as you know, especially with direct to consumer, we're realizing the value of this data and how important it is to collect good data so that you could use it. Right. We're starting to look at our database and understand how much quality is really here. Do we need to start? collecting better data so that we can create better experiences for people. This is really important because we're realizing now, and this kind of goes to what keeps me up at night, that media is just getting more expensive. It's getting more expensive because inflation is everywhere. Media is included in that, right? So the only way that we're going to keep increasing ROI is if we can make our media work harder for us and all these activations that we're doing. And the key to that is communicating with people in the way that they want to communicate. And in order to do that, you need the data. You need to know what people want to talk about in order to talk about that thing with them. So data is becoming really important so that we can do that and have better quality media.
1: Okay, so interesting. So you already have the data. That makes sense. And you guys are really trying to do an exercise in understanding how to utilize that data more effectively. It sounds like you guys are building around the concept of personalization and the personalized experience for your users, your customers. I guess I'd be curious to know, what is that data you guys have seen? I mean, I go and customize my Oreos and I go and decide I want sprinkles on them. or I want them dipped a certain way. Is that the type of thing you're trying to track for me so that the next time I maybe get a recommendation or you guys have something new and I want to order a whole bunch for my family, I could send them out. Like, is that something you guys are going to be able to ascertain and then derive and send to me? It's definitely that, but I think
0: it's really even like bigger than that, actually. So we know that there are customers that are looking for really premium gifts through Oreo ID and Sour Patch Kids Make My Mix. We know that there are people that are buying wedding savers and things like that. But we also know that there are people coming in to some of our other sites as an organization like Snackworks, So we have a ton of recipes and there are consumers that are looking for recipes, right? It's all about the food. So it's about taking all these different pieces of data and putting them together right, in one place that's secure, that's private, that has the right governance. And then making sure that we deliver recipe content to people who like recipes or wedding content to someone who might be planning a wedding or Oreo ID gift rest ideas to someone who may be a family member who has a birthday coming up. So these are all the types of pieces of data that are going to, they're going to inform the different types of messages that we send out, reminding people that we're here for them.
1: Okay. That makes sense. But one of the main areas of data that I would love to hear more about is like privacy and the security and kind of the tech you, get for, you know, Like, How are you guys thinking about that over at Mondelez? I'd be curious to know. So it's a really good question. Privacy, security, tech, all of
0: that. It's a really big deal. We take it very seriously. And while I can't talk about all the systems and tools we're using, what I can tell you is it is a significant investment, right? It's a significant investment in tech, resources, of course, but like, it's also an investment in people, the right people who know this space, data science, right? These are the types of kind of people that you need in the organization that have an understanding of how to use it and how to use it appropriately. So it's something that we're actually working on right now is building an ecosystem where we can actually safely use this information. So I'm really excited about it, but this is going to be the next generation of marketing for us.
1: That's awesome. You guys are thinking about the privacy and security and that part of data. I guess another question that I want to bring up here is I'm curious about how does the media landscape affect the way Bondley's thinks about the performance marketing?
0: So in terms of the media landscape, obviously we're seeing the rise of retail media and then with D2C, a lot more performance marketing, which is not something that like we did not too long ago. So this is a little bit of a new space for us and it's growing a lot. I think the biggest takeaways in how Mondelez is changing its thinking is really understanding the value of this type of media. The fact that with performance, conversion, marketing, like you can really see how things change in real time. It's not like you're running an awareness campaign and then you measure it next year. And it's like the time horizon between when you execute and when you actually see what happened is like huge. In this case, you've shrunk that. So you can optimize so much more quickly. You can learn so much faster. It's really exciting. You're really in the weeds and seeing the results at the same time. And for us, it's just like a tremendous learning. And I would say one of the issues is it's kind of a cultural thing, almost. You need to be in it to get it, right? And so there's a lot of people in the organization who maybe aren't close to performance or conversion, marketing, media, and they may not have seen it before. Or it's been a while. It's really something that you have to like really experience for yourself, see the data come in live. So it's really important that we get our marketers to actually experience this and maybe even like Take a job in this space so that they can do it themselves.
1: That's super interesting. It really brings me to a question about how can Meta's platform really help here? I think there's two ways. There's Meta as a company,
0: and then there's Meta as a platform. Meta as a company, so much of your client base is small to medium-sized companies, right? And they don't have the org structures that we may have at like a really big company like Mondeley's. And so there's probably a lot tighter of a team potentially working on both awareness and performance, and it's all kind of together. And I think that's part of the thinking we need to learn more about, is how do we bring both sides of the funnel together? And I think you guys can help us think through that. So that's number one. On the platform side itself, I actually see Facebook as a huge help in enabling like our data vision collecting really great data through lead gen and other types of things like that, where we're actually getting high quality data. We're asking people, what do you wanna hear about from us? And then delivering those messages to them. I think that Meta is gonna be really instrumental in helping us build that database.
1: Okay, awesome. Going back to the topic of data and basically the biggest challenges that you mentioned earlier, I'm curious as we go into talking further about like the creative and such. We've talked a lot about media and we've talked a lot about data. Have you seen any big changes in the creative space and how is that driving your business?
0: So two things come to mind when it comes to creative. The first is this consumer style creative which we found to be really powerful. So we used to make pretty like heavily produced ads for direct-to-consumer specifically, and we shifted to this kind of native style. And there was a huge increase in engagement. It really started working for us. And as you can imagine, like it feels more native to the platform. So it's fun to make, it's fun to watch, and it really works. So we've made a huge shift there. The next thing is really a new creative format for us. And it's really old school. It's emails and it's text messages. So we've dabbled with this in the past a little bit. Now with D2C, emails and texts are so important. It's actually delivering a significant portion of our sales, believe it or not. And if you think about it, it's really personal. Like your inbox is your own. Your text messages are your own. So we're really appreciative of people that allow us to speak to them in that way. And this is also a really engaging format. It's like the ultimate ad. You can really tell a story, right? So we're learning a lot about CRM and how important it is. And now we're starting to take it out of just the context of D2C and we're starting to do more with it just for our base business and our other
1: brands. Interesting. Can you actually dive into a little bit more on that? Like, how are you guys using it? Like, do you have an example of a product that maybe you guys are using it with and what you would assume your end users are actually seeing? I mean, I get old school email, even text. I don't know how old school that is. You're aging me now. Because I don't think it's that old school, but in general, like I would love to know some more examples if you can provide them.
0: Absolutely. On the commerce side. So on D2C for father's day, we sent us a really awesome email reminding everyone that this is a really amazing gift, right? A personalized Oreo cookie for your dad is like the coolest thing that you can get. Like you could put your dad's face on an Oreo and then eat his face. Yes, you can do that with your dad. So it's just. That in and of itself is really fun. It's playful. It's reminding people that Oreo there for them for this moment in time. But then also, like I was said before, there's recipe engaged audiences. There's people who want to hear from our brands, not necessarily for the hottest new flavor or for Oreo ID for that matter, but they just want the latest and greatest entertaining recipe. And so we're going to be expanding our CRM to really focus on recipe for those who care about it. So it's about engaging people in the way that they want to be engaged. And email is just an awesome kind of long-form creative style that we can really tell a story to these people.
1: That's really cool. I really love hearing more about this. And one thing that I come back to is with all the talk about how the market's moving and the data usage, I'm curious, how are you guys looking at using Meta Platform for you guys to help you out? I know you mentioned You guys are using like email and text and everything, but how does Meta's platform come in here?
0: Yeah, two ways I immediately think that Meta's going to be able to help us is really securely collecting data that's going to help us, obviously, in the future. We just did it with Super Mario. So we did a Super Mario lead gen campaign where we found consumers that wanted to hear about our limited editions so that we can talk to them about these types of things. When we have the next really hot drop, they're going to be the first to know. So... That's really important to us in creating those conversations. The second is really enabling social commerce with Instagram and Facebook shops. Being able to check out with some of our products like in-app is just going to reduce so much friction. I mean, I love doing it today. I can't tell you how much money I've spent with social commerce personally. And this is just going to bring Oreo and Sour Patch Kids into these conversations and into these
1: platforms. So I'm really excited about the social commerce angle. Okay, awesome. That's super cool to hear how you guys are looking to use Meta's platform and how you guys are looking at Facebook and Instagram shops there. I guess something I would love to know is like, how are you guys actually thinking about this as you're approaching 2030 and the e-commerce growth you're talking about? What's the idea you're thinking of just from your opinion here? That's a really good
0: question. I think like the walls between... All of these media platforms and retailers, it's just going to start collapsing. You're going to be able to buy stuff everywhere. And that's probably my biggest prediction. I mean, we're seeing it with social commerce where you can buy on social media. And so I think that's going to be one of the most profound changes is the ability to drive those shoppable experiences wherever you are online. And I think that's going to be transformative.
1: That's super cool. I love hearing all this information. I guess a question on the top of my mind is, how are you thinking about using Meta Platform as you're looking at the vision for like 2030? Well, I think some of the things we've been talking about in terms of lead
0: gen and shops, it's really helping us think and act more like a retailer. And I think that's one of the most powerful things that you're helping us do right now. It also gives me a lot of appreciation for our actual retailers who have all of this information and are doing amazing work every day selling our products. So I think we're learning a tremendous amount and you're helping
1: enable that education for us, which is really important. Awesome. So that's super interesting. I love hearing about what you're thinking about for like 2030. I guess I'm curious, from your opinion, what do you think Meta could be doing to help you guys out in the future as well. Like, what is it that Wes wants in general for Meta to be maybe working on right now to help you guys towards that 2030 vision and later? It's a good question.
0: And at the end of the day, what we're trying to do is talk to people in the way that they want to be talked to. That's what we're trying to do. And we're trying to make more one-on-one conversations where possible. And what that means is having more types of, creative, different types of content for different types of people. I hate saying this, but like some of the work that you guys are doing with AI, I think is going to be really important because more that we can make and the more that we can deliver to people in the way that they want it delivered, it's going to make that conversation and that relationship so much stronger. So I think that's really the next way that Facebook's going to be able to help us is to really crank it out, Right crank out the creatives and help us think through all of these unique, differentiated messages.
1: Awesome. So Wes, I know we're getting the time here. I'm curious from your experiences and all the really cool campaign work we've done together. What's one of those campaigns that you've really been excited about and has been just in your mind overall? We've worked a lot together over
0: the years. So there's a lot that we've done for sure. One thing that comes to mind from our recent work was really the Advantage Plus shopping campaigns that we've launched with you. This was really important for us, specifically for our D2C business. It proved really successful. It leverages AI, as I'm sure, to really deliver the right messages to the right people, of course. We started testing this in December and then saw some good results. And then over the course of the first half, we've been investing more and more into this. And it's reduced cost of acquisition by almost 30%. So for us... This is the type of stuff that we want to be doing with you guys is really driving efficiency, super important. And this is something that I think is just and really important
1: for our business. So, yeah, it's a good one. That's super awesome. Mal. And again, I love hearing about that type of a success story here. I know, again, like I mentioned, we're just about at time. I want to make sure that you have an opportunity to share like any last thoughts in closing that you might have or any other feedback or kind of a mentions to everybody listening with regards to this.
0: The one thing that I've learned in my career is to find what you think is new and interesting and go get it. Classic case is when I asked for this job years ago and everyone was like, what are you doing? Go try it, learn something new. Marketing is all about learning. Five years ago, marketing looked a lot different than what marketing looks like today. And so that's probably my biggest piece of
1: advice is
0: just go out there and learn something new.
1: That is amazing. No, thanks so much for that, Wes. I think that's a great sign-off of advice there. Isa, it was so great talking with you about
0: all of this stuff that we do every day. We hope you enjoyed this episode and would like to thank our guest, Wes Saraceni, for sharing his time and experience with us. You can find links to any resources mentioned in today's show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. And thank you for listening to the Meta Business Innovation and Technology Podcast.